right? So we're talking about the soil versus the seed and Bouchamp versus Pasteur. And uh, we just talked a little bit about Speransky and the science and basis of, of medicine and uh, rational bacteriology by William Warner, the chiropractor. And, uh, you know, we're living in a world right now since Napoleon Bonaparte, since Louis Pasteur, they were friends, that has been fighting the outside invaders. And is it easy to change the minds of people? When you have, I don't use the word patience, I say people, but you know, since we talk about patience, we'll say patience if you want. Um, but you know, patients are really looking for something to change, like a pain sometimes, right? Um, but when we give them a little insight of how their body functions, well, you know, I felt better after this. My, I still got this pain in my leg, but you know, I, I didn't have my IBS issues or my runny nose went away, my post-nasal drip or my sore throat or whatever it is just started changing. And then, you know, we have our talks. The talk is very important, the education of helping people understand there's more to this than moving a vertebra to change an outcome of a symptom. And I know, you know, we could think of a cold or a flu as a symptom, but really the body is doing something magical. That symptom is an action for change in the body. It needs to produce that. It needs to do those things so the body can heal from something. So flipping the switch on people, how do we do it? How would you do it? Um, I think that's something that I've been dealing with for the past like quarter or so, trying to at least you know talk with other classmates about what it is that chiropractic really is, because so many people just have a hard time explaining it, and I think that when you can kind of meet them where they're at and make it something that's relatable to them, um, you know maybe something that they're dealing with and then tying it back to chiropractic so they can have that direct connection as opposed to having it something abstract, which a lot of people can easily say, well, I don't need that. But when you really tie it to something that's personal to them, I think that... How is it abstract? Let's, let's start with the abstract and then make it material. What do you think? What would be an abstract concept? What's an abstract concept? So I, you know, and maybe abstract to the public, yeah, not necessarily I, I, abstract to us. So, I know, because yeah. we're in it so much, like it seems so logical to right, us, right? right? It seems easy. Right. Why but, don't you get yeah, it? Yeah, but somebody else, you know, I can explain, right. um, you know, the brain communicating through the body, through the nervous system, mm -hmm. and that controlling everything in your body. Yeah. And that's very important for your body to function. Okay. And they say, well, my body's functioning fine. And it's like, okay, well... Do you get headaches once a week? And then they say yes, and you're like, okay, well, your body's not functioning fine. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people dismiss these things as just normal. Or right. I've had back pain my whole life; it's just mm -hmm. normal. Or, um, it, you know, my kid has my baby has a reflux; it's just normal. You know, doctors tell you this stuff is just normal, and people just deal with it. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that when you can really tie that back to something that's really personal to them, mm -hmm. and then they're like, huh, I guess you're right. Mm -hmm. It makes it a little more tangible for people, I think. Okay. You agree? Yeah, I would say like all wants to do is give you a seed, and if it's not working, it's the body or the I'm, or to fight the seed. Yeah, they fight want to the fight the, the virus, or that's the seed, right? right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, so like something like that, or like one of my favorite is the uh, you know flat tire, flat tire analogy. Um, 
<clears throat> so like you're just driving along the road, you have a flat tire. Someone comes to fix that flat tire, you're continuing on the same road, nothing changed. So like that's kind of like how it is for if you're like just managing paint. All you're doing is just taking away that paint so that someone can just keep on the same track that they're on, whether it's good or bad. Yeah. So like getting them on a different course so that their life can literally change. Mm-hmm. So that's some of the things that I use and some people on some people. In analogies, personal stories are good. Yeah. You know, I say, if you have a flat tire, does it pull to one side? Yeah. Now, if you make the other one flat, will it drive straight? Probably. But does it make any sense? No. Right? If you just kill the pain in something, or if you take something to inhibit your symptom, does it make you better? I had a buddy, actually it was my buddy down in Miami, um, you know, there was he was really ill. I mean, really ill. He was actually going through a divorce, all kinds of stuff. This was a couple years ago. And, you know, he's like, I'm taking DayQuil in the morning, I'm taking NyQuil at night, and I'm, making, and I'm not getting any better. And I said, I said, well, duh, exactly. <laughs> None of those things get you. That's not medication. That's really, that's suppressant, right? You're not going to get better from those things. But the world thinks the advertising is health, right? All the stuff I see, I take this, I'm going to get better. You know, using personal stories, just like what happened to me this weekend, I've really been through it. Like, I mean, I can't, it's hard to even say it was a migraine because I've had one migraine before and it was debilitating. It was in the front of my head. This was right in the back of my neck. It felt right at the base of my occiput, right in my atlas. It felt like a knife pick. And when I saw Evan, he's like, yeah, I can see it. It's red there. I was like, because my thumb has been in it for a day and a half. And it is so painful. I literally, I was walking around like this. Um, so, but giving analogies. And, you know, and I had my vertebra adjusted. Today we toggled it. I couldn't sleep last night. I literally, I laid in bed till about 3.30 and I, I was sitting up. And I said, I'm just going to go downstairs so my wife can sleep. And I laid down, I'm watching, and I, if I laid down, it was so much more painful. And then I also couldn't breathe. So my breathing was off. My chest wouldn't move, and I could, trying to do belly breaths wasn't really functioning for me. I couldn't wait to get here this morning, so I was an hour early. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't wait for Adam. <laughs> and he adjusted my vertebra, and I, almost immediately, I started feeling better. I knew I was going to be better at that time because the pressure was gone, my chest relaxed. I have no idea, if I went to the doctor, I'd probably end up with, I was gonna say pap smear, what is it called, a, a CPAP. <laughs> all right, remember I haven't slept, all right? I've been up because of this problem. Well, the, you know what it was, it was a solution. It was a solution to something I've been, whatever it was dealing with, it came to a moment that said, hey, you know how to handle this. Let's solve it. You could change somebody's life by the story, or it may have been something that's been creeping up for years. Who, know what it, who knows what it was? And you just dealt with it that moment. Boom, you know what that light is when it comes on in the dashboard of your car. Let's get it adjusted. I made sure I knew Adam would do a good job. I went to a place, not so many chiropractors that I knew, very few that I trusted, and I knew Evan, is at least grounded in chiropractic and he can deliver an adjustment and he delivered a good adjustment. Nice. Um, but it was, it was chaotic. I couldn't get a focused toggle, right? We did what we could at the time and it helped me. So, 
I was just thinking history repeats. Who knows? I might have 10 people that come in that way today. It might repeat itself over and over and over again. My mother, who has had heart disease, she was, they were, wanted to plan her third bypass surgery. And her carotid arteries were 99% blocked, all around her heart, blood pressure 225 over 110. I go into a lot more detail about her other bypasses when I tell the story during my talks. But I moved down here from New York City and I started adjusting her. What happens? Her blood pressure normalizes. It was 170, uh, two, 225 over like 110 or whatever it was and it fluctuated. So that's like a time bomb, right? Immediately, not immediately, probably a few adjustments and it normalized. She had her next ultrasound of her carotids a month after I moved down here, and her carotids went from 99% to 56 and wow. 71 or something like that, which you know is, is functional, big right? Big difference. And then I, I always add the ending part of that because the doctor said, you can't change those things. And he said, you only could suffer with that until you die. I swear I want, I, I never really wanted to hit a man more than that guy. I really did. So I told him when I thought of him and then we laughed. <laughs> Wait, so did you tell him that you adjusted her and that that, you know, that's Damn right I did. And what did he say? I, he said what I told you. That was it? That was his only response? He that just denied? It. Well, after any... that, I didn't stop talking in probably less than gentlemanly ways, okay? Because what he did was steal her hope. Tried to. Yeah. But she already changed and she was feeling better. She couldn't walk up three steps to her house, okay? And she was skipping up her stairs. Wow. So, you know, she had already changed. But could you imagine all the other people yeah. that have been robbed of that hope? Sad. Right? So I add that little caveat in there. <laughs> I probably shouldn't, but you know what? That was a real thing. And other people have had that too. Mm -hmm. The power of hope, just think of that. The hope, just the hope that I'm going to be in here on Monday morning, I'm going to have I'm going to have Adam adjust me, is like what got me through the weekend, I have to say it. You know, that's hope. Instead of, oh my God, what am I going to do? I'm going to end up with a CPAP, I can't breathe, my neck, I'm going to have people get Botox injections, you know, in their neck for, for that, almost, I, I guess it would be the exact same thing. I've had people come in with that and say, you know, I've done, you know, a year and a half of Botox injections in my neck for this, blah, 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 blah. I never knew it was, I, I'm assuming it was like what I was dealing with. Wild, who knows? I don't know how far reaching the things, you know, in life, the history that is gonna go on from us. You're leaving a legacy with each adjustment of life changing things that are gonna save somebody's life, their family, and it goes out into infinity right? They're children. They might make better decisions. Hey, you help me. I just, and I just had a mom come in with her second child, right? Heads tilted. And, uh, you know, I adjusted her through her first pregnancy a few times with the baby. And I remember her telling me, hey, you know, we're 20 somethings with the baby. I don't have a lot of money. I said, listen, come in when you can, when it's right for you, I'm here for you, right? I force her down her throat. She comes back with her new baby. You know, and I feel blessed to be able to serve her. So <clears throat> she knew the message. She's also a school teacher. You think she's told moms different things, right? And then on and on through there, or even little kids. My daughter wants to be a, a Ninja Turtle chiropractor. <laughs> um, so you don't know how far reaching the things you think, say, or do can change the lives of millions of people tomorrow. 
And I always say, Pasquale says, today, right now, you're changing lives. It's happening in this moment. So, you know, the power of what we're doing is beyond our perception, I have to say. I have no idea. That toggle rippling out that energy, because there's many molecules in the air as there are in my body. Who knows what that goes out to? I don't know. We could be changing the world. Who knows? We got, might get more butterflies and, and bumblebees because of it. I hope so. <laughs> Whatever. But we have the possibility and potential to change our communities. And I, I, I feel that very strongly. Whether it's a big city like Chicago, or the suburbs of it, or a little town in the outskirts of Ohio, or Melbourne, Florida, or Daytona, Florida, whatever it might be. And it might be that one adjustment. I don't know which one it's gonna be because it might be the next spiritual holy leader that is laying on the table at five years old with debilitating reflux, like you said, and they end up putting them on drugs and those drugs suppress the brain actually, right? We know that, we learn those things. It's not actually for the stomach. I was just in a seminar the week before, last weekend, and a man who, very intelligent man, um, an engineer, works a lot with artificial, I don't know, he didn't tell me it was top secret, so artificial intelligence with the military and different computers <laughs> and all sorts of things. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't sign any waivers or anything. So, um, you know, we started talking about things. He goes, yeah, I was on, I don't want to say the, the names, but an acid suppressant or whatever it was, like they sell on TV because of his reflux. And he was on for like I mean, X amount of years, from when it was prescription all the way through now that it wasn't prescription and stopped taking about five years ago. He said he produced so much bile afterwards, the backlash was, thought it was going to kill him. Wow. Because you think about that acid of what that's doing to you. His whole throat, everything, sinuses, tongue, teeth, everything, it nearly killed him. It the, the drugs depleted his bone density to such a degree, he was breaking bones just walking. We call that rickets, right? That's supposed to have been gone decades ago. But people taking these drugs, they think they're gonna be healthy. This is medicine, it's not medication of what we think of medicine to get us better. It's really to keep us sick and eventually could take our life. He was telling us this story. He had his first adjustment last weekend. And I mean, it couldn't stop him talking actually. He was telling all these stories, really fun stuff, but about life and health and spirituality, spirituality is what we were talking about. But after his adjustment, he came to life. It was truly amazing. But the child getting on those things, and how, when do you take them off? They stay out on their entire life. When we see this title of this book, I keep looking at it, it's the history repeats itself over and over again with that child till it's ill, rickets, and everything else. So we have a mission to help people, right? It's grander than us. Today you're gonna to be shadowing me, and you know, it's really all about the people. It's not about me. It's not about you, it's not about you, it's not about Alexandra, it's about the people. We focus on them, we love them. Sometimes I've gotta, you know, the other day we had a woman, she goes, I'm from New York, you're from New York, you don't have to sell me on this. I go, look, 
you obviously don't get it because you haven't been showing up here. So I'm going to keep repeating myself until you understand this so I can save your life. And what did she do? Okay. Yes, sir. All right. <laughs> right? Her x-rays looked like she was run over by an, a herd of elephants. It was horrible. And she's on this. And I'm fibromyalgia. And I, I cancel, cancel. I'm not. <laughs> but she was all of her things, right? I, she was taking ownership of it. When really I look at a subluxation in her vertebra, just, I mean, we can adjust this and your body can start repairing. Right now you're just in survival mode. You're just surviving. And most people will say, yeah, I feel like I'm just surviving or barely surviving. That's not the way I would want to be in life. Would you? So the mission is grand. And I know I kind of talk about this a lot because I don't think it's built in chiropractic school. No one talks to you about mission, how important this is. We are put in a place, it's a gift, and we have been put here as chiropractors. If you choose to be a chiropractor, usually they end up being something else, I have to say. In my first quarter, I've, I, I, I was, I've kind of been a wise ass in my life. I remember my professor, his name was Dr. Boylston, anybody that went to life would know him. Um, he taught first quarter structure and function. He pulled up his pants like this because he always had chalk on his hands. He had chalk all over his pants. And he went around the room. Everybody, you know, was saying, he was, why are you here? We had 186 people in our class. Wow. And I'm in the back. And why are you here? And everybody had really nice things to say. And I was just a wise ass by the end. And I said, um, to earn more, work less, and people call you doctor. And I remember saying, everybody laughed and laughed, and he goes, you don't deserve to be here, you should go. He said that to me. And I was like, and I was really just being a jerk, you know what I mean? And uh, I went to him afterwards and I apologized. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm here to understand what chiropractic is. I come from a medical family, my father's an MD, a lot of the people in my family are. For generations they are. And, uh, you know, and we talked. And he really helped me. He helped me understand. I didn't get it yet, but I knew I was in the right place. And, you know, I curbed my, my little gestures in that way just a bit. But if I didn't say that, maybe I wouldn't have gotten it. If I didn't really, you know, rub him the wrong way, and he respected chiropractic that much, I, that was what it was. He respected chiropractic. And he might have saved my chiropractic life at that moment. And I honor him and I respect him for that. So we don't know what we're really getting into sometimes. We don't know who we're helping or how or why. I'm adjusting a vertebra. I'm back away. Because it's not out to, up to me the outcome. I deliver the adjustment. I adjust the subluxation. I can't force it into submission. And I, I say this really, and Pasquale helped me realize this. I deliver an input that is spiritually given through me and the body adjusts that vertebra innate spirit adjusts that vertebra I can't say that's just bad for you and there's some techniques they want to get to a, you know an orthogonal way right and I understand that and a lot of that adjusting is very very light it's using innate intelligence right if you've any seen you know, some people that have been doing those adjustments for a long time, I've seen people not even touch the body, and I've had it adjusted on me. 
So, yeah, we'll get into that another time. We'll do some of that adjusting, okay? But when we think about if I am myself, if I am powerful enough to heal you, I would be you. But I'm not you. I'm myself. I can heal me. I don't even know how that really works at all. But I could deliver the goods. I could adjust them. Just what I am told is an adjustment, uh, is a vertebral subluxation. Now, that's being quiet, and I, I am all for x-rays. I'm all for analysis, if that is for your technique. I say I do innate adjusting. I learned from Arno Bernier and Pasquale Sarasoli, are my mentors in adjusting. And that is how I adjust. I listen to the body. I feel the tone of each vertebra. If one vertebra is in a disharmonious tone, I can feel it in my fingertips. And that comes from practice and listening with your hands, seeing with your hands, listening with your hands. I don't know, maybe you can taste and smell with your hands. I don't know. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> but having that skill, I guess it's skill, you refine it, you refine it, you refine it, and then you listen. And I've seen a lot of chiropractors that have been adjusting 30, 40 years, that have things on x-rays for people, and say, you know what, that's not it today. Let's, let's change. I have to be able to adapt. Younger ones will usually say, okay, let's re-x-ray, I don't feel that's right, or what have you. But, you know, sometimes you have 175 people to see, and they all need you. I'm not saying give somebody less, I'm saying be better at what you do. Refine the machine that you can refine. And that's what we're talking about. That's why a lot of what we're doing, I'm adjusting on you, so you can feel it, and then we can start repeating it, right? When we have longer workshops that we're doing, it'll be on each other, but we're doing short ones now. So you feel what that, that's like, and then you can repeat it. Your physiology knows it now. And Nate says, hey, I like that. I want to do that one again, okay? Um, does anybody have anything to add? No? Was that a lot? There's a lot of meat in that, I know. But I got my atlas adjusted finally today. I barely talked all week all weekend long, and I can't shut up now, all right? <laughs> Just kidding. But um, what I want to do is uh, let's read from the green book, okay? Let me just stop this.